Should I buy Series I bonds? Series I bonds are back in the news with inflation absolutely raging right now. The rates are back up. The I in I bonds stands for inflation, and these bonds are issued by the government to help combat inflation. You can currently get an I bond at a rate of 9.62% interest. 18 months ago, that rate was only 1.68. So in 18 months, the rates have gone from one7 to 9.6. And in this episode, we're going to cover what are series I bonds, when you shouldn't buy them, and when possibly you should buy them. So what are series I bonds? We haven't heard a lot about them because they've been so bad for so long because they are related to uh, inflation. Inflation has been so low for so long. We haven't heard a lot about them. And now with inflation coming back up, so are I bonds. Series I bonds or I bonds are 30-year bonds that are issued by the U.S. federal government through their Treasury Direct program. They're available for electronic or paper purchase at treasurydirect.gov. You cannot get them in an existing brokerage or bank account. So if you haven't heard your financial advisor or your banker or anyone else talk about them, it's likely because they can't do them. Right. And they don't often give advice on things that are outside the things that they can do themselves. You have to get these from treasurydirect.gov. High bonds earn an interest as a combination of a fixed rate and an inflation rate. Again, that inflation rate is where the I comes from. So the fixed rate is set for the life of the 30 year bond when you purchase it. So whenever you get it, if you get one now or you got one 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 29 years ago, the fixed portion of that combined interest rate was set when you got it. And the inflation rate, part of the combination, adjusts twice a year based on current inflation. And it will adjust for everyone, not just for new purchases, but for all existing I-bonds, that inflation rate will go up and down and changes twice a year. So it adjusts both on May 1st for the period running between May through October and on November 1st for November through April. And when the inflation rate adjusts, you will get the new inflation rate on top of the fixed rate when you bought the bond. So your inflation rate changes on the sixth month, you know, kind of semi-anniversary of when you bought the bond. So the general rates will increase or decrease, will change on May 1st or November 1st. But for example, if you bought yours on September 1st, then you would you would get it with the initial rate that was issued on the previous May 1st. The general rates will adjust on November 1st, but your rate will adjust six months after when you bought it. So if you got it on September 1st, then your rates would update to the new ones released in November on your sixth month anniversary, which would be in March. And so that's how the inflation, that's, how they, that's when they set the inflation rates and when yours adjust accordingly. And so your interest rate, your combined interest rate is your fixed rate set at the time you purchase it and the inflation rate, which adjusts every six months. Interest is earned monthly and it accrues inside the bond until you cash it out or it matures. But that interest compounds semi-annually. So it doesn't it it earns monthly, but it doesn't compound monthly, which means that every six months from your issue date, the accrued interest is then added back into the principal and the rate is then applied to that 
new amount. So it's a little different than, than a normal, you know, interest rate on, on a CD or something where it's, it's, uh, you're earning it monthly and it compounds monthly. So it's earned monthly, it accrues monthly, but it compounds semi-annually. The bond will automatically mature in 30 years. It is a 30-year bond, and you will get that value paid out to you. But you can cash it out anytime after 12 months. So you must hold it for 12 months, but if you cash it out before it's five years old, you will forfeit the last three months of accrued interest. So if you if you cash it out at two years from the time you bought it, right, 24 months, you will forfeit the last three months, and you own, will have only earned 21 months of interest on that bond. If you hold it over five years, then you can cash it out anytime after five years and get the full amount, whatever the value is at that time. If you buy them electronically, which is the only way you should, in my opinion, through treasurydirect.com, you can buy any amount down to the penny between $25 and $10,000 in a calendar year. So you have to buy at least $25. You can't go throw $10 into it, but you can go as little as $25 and as much as $10,000. And you cannot buy more than that in a year. So you can't go stick 50 grand or 100 grand into I-bonds. $10,000 is the limit, but that is per social security number. So if you're a household, you and your spouse could do it, and you could technically do it for your children as well, I think. I haven't actually explored that. So any amount between $25,000 and $10,000 per year. One of the other great benefits about Series I bonds is that the interest is federally taxable, but it is exempt from state and local taxes. And so all the interest that you earn on it, normally, you know, in, in Wisconsin, most people are in the, the 5.3% state tax in Minnesota. It's, you know, a lot more people in 6 to 7%. Um, so normally you'd pay that in taxes on whatever you earn, and you, you'll, you'll skip that with Series I bonds, and that's a nice feature from there. Part of that is just, in general, federal and states don't tax each other. So if you buy, you know, state or county municipal bonds, they're not federally taxable because they don't want the federal government taxing the state governments. And the same is true, vice versa. So it's a little bit about how I-bonds work. And then the question becomes, so what are the rates? What are series I-bond rates? And why, why do we care why they're back in session? So again, there's the, the, the two components of the rate, the fixed rate, the fixed interest rate and the inflation rate. And the, the fixed rate has been less than 2% since November of, 20, of 2002, right? So for two decades, the fixed rates have been really low. Interest rates have been low, as we all know, and there hasn't been a lot there. And the inflation rate has also been less than 2 for many of the six-month periods between 1998, when they started it, and 2021. So for most of those, it was also less than two. And for the 46 periods from 1998 through 2020, the average combined rate of fixed plus the inflation rate was 3%, 3 3.06, 3%. So not amazing, right? They're 30-year bonds with a 3% interest rate. They're not amazing. They haven't been amazing bonds, which is why you probably haven't heard a lot about them over the last two decades. And if you go to the blog for this post, at uh, retirementship.com slash 66. This is the 66th episode. So if you go to retirementship.com slash 66, it will redirect you to the blog. And you can see the historical rates for 
all of it for the last you know 20 years at the bottom of the block. And then 2021 happened, right? So we had low rates all the way through 2020, 2021 happened, and rates started going up with inflation. And so the November 2020 rate was 1.68. And with a 0% fixed rate, it's been zero for the last several years. And so 1.68 was the inflation rate and the total rate. And then in May of 2021, it was 3.54. In November of 2021, 7.12. And now in May of 2022, 9.62%. So the rates from May, if you buy one between May and October of 2022, are a 0% fixed rate plus a 9.62% inflation rate makes a total rate of 9.62. And you'll get that any bond that you purchase, any Series I bond that you purchase between May and October of 2022 will earn that annual rate on a monthly basis and then will adjust six months later based on the new rates that they declare in November 1st of 2022. So you can wait all the way till December 30 or till October 31st to buy a bond and you will still get that rate and then we'll adjust six months after that point. And that's really high. But to go from 3% long-term average to 9.62 in just a few months, that's why they're back in the news, right? Inflation is so high, it makes the rate incredibly high for these I-bonds. So should we get them? And I think before we get them, we need to ask, when shouldn't we buy series I-bonds? Because a lot of people like flocking to wanting to get these and starting to get questions on it, which is why I wanted to do this podcast right away here, is let's first look at why you shouldn't buy them, and then we'll explore why possibly you should. When you shouldn't buy series I-bonds. So you should not buy I-bonds for any of these purposes, right? Uh, if you're do it for long-term investing or saving for retirement. If if you are still ways off from retirement or other long-term goals, I-bonds are not a good savings vehicle. You should have an excellent long-term equity-based investment plan that you are funding. The S&P 500 has averaged 10% or more over 30-year periods. A better, more expanded equity investment plan has averaged even higher. I-bonds are looking at a temporary bump. That hopefully won't last, right? 9.62 is a great rate, but it's it's not going to last. We don't want it to, right? We don't want inflation to continue at these obscene rates. We want and need inflation to drop back down. And when inflation drops, so will the Series I bonds. Again, they've only averaged 3.3 since 1998. So they're not great long-term investment or long-term savings vehicles. We don't invest for what we think we can get in the short term. When we're looking at long-term investing, we invest for the long term. And further, while I, you know I-bonds can only be purchased directly, which means you cannot buy them in your Roth IRAs or your 401ks or your IRAs, right? They can only be purchased directly with after-tax cash. And while the state income tax exemption is nice, your federal tax rates are higher. And so you are better off saving into a Roth IRA. If you have the same after-tax money, right, cash laying around, you're better off throwing that in a Roth IRA or into your Roth 401k where all that growth will be state and federal income tax free in the future versus just being state income tax free. And so they're not 
good vehicles for saving for retirement. They're not good vehicles for long-term investing. Here's another reason you shouldn't buy I-bonds. You shouldn't buy them for short-term savings like an emergency fund. Right? You must buy and, and hold an I-bond for at least 12 months. That's the earliest you can get your money back out. Therefore, it's not a good place to stick your three or your six-month emergency fund because then it's not actually going to be available if you have that emergency inside of a year. And so if you're looking at really short savings things, this is not a good investment vehicle for that. It's not a good place to park that money. And the other thing that's not the best anyways, it's not the best place to put money would be for short-term opportunity. Let's say you have $10,000 lying around in cash and you're not going to need it in the next 12 months. And perhaps instead of looking at I-bonds, you should have stuck it in the S&P 500 when it dipped back in May. You'd already be up 5% in a month, not 9% in a year. And even if you did it today, this is June 9th, right? And so this is quickly going to become irrelevant and irrelevant point. But you can check where it is right now as you're listening to this, right? By the time you it recovers, by the time the S&P 500 recovers from June 9th to its previous peak, you would be up 17% if you put that money in on June 9th, 17%, right? And how long is that going to happen? Nobody knows, right? Nobody knows how long it's going to take for the S&P 500 to get back to its previous peak. Eventually, it will. Right. And, and if that takes a year, then you made 17% in a year. If it takes six months, that's an annualized rate of 34%. If it takes two years, then you're still looking at about that same, you know, eight and a half percent return. And yes, you're guaranteed 9.62% in an I bond, but that's the annual rate. And you're only guaranteed that for the first six months. If inflation drops off by November, which we all hope and pray that it does, your annual return, your annual return over a year could be and hopefully will be lower than 9.62%. And so a better short-term opportunity right now while the market is still down would be to throw it in the market and let that grow. Because the other beautiful thing about that, right, is if you hold on to those equities for over a year, then it's a long-term capital gains, which for some of you would be a 0% federal income tax rate. And for many of you would be a 15% income tax rate. Whereas the I-bonds, Ordinary income, whatever you're at, 22, 24, 32% uh, tax rates, you're going to get taxed higher on this than you would on throwing money into uh, into the market. So for short-term opportunity, might be a, a, an opportunity, but a better opportunity could be just thrown in the market while it's currently on sale. So when should you, right? We know what they are. We know, we know maybe when you shouldn't buy I-bonds, when should you buy series I bonds. So here are a couple of scenarios where you might consider buying some. Uh, saving in retirement, not saving for retirement, but if you're already retired, you should have two to five years of expenses in fixed income investments, right? We, we've covered that. I covered that in my book. You need at least that amount. You can't have everything in equities. And some of that may be cash that's not in retirement accounts. Right? We can't do this in retirement accounts and you wouldn't necessarily just want to cash out $10,000 from a retirement account without, you know, the proper planning in place to make sure that you're not getting hosed on the taxes. But if you have some sitting around in cash, well, you, you, you know, obviously also can't invest cash that you'll need over the next 12 months. You can't invest that income. You need two to five years in fixed income. And so you should have more in, in fixed income that you might have in cash that you would throw into I-bonds. Right, because the nine point 
6.2 is probably better than you're going to get in any of your other fixed fixed income over that amount of time. And so then you could do that. You could hold on to it for at least 12 months and then just keep reevaluating it as the interest rates change. And you might pull it out right at 12 months or you might wait a little bit longer to do that. And of course, if it stays at 9.62 for 12 months and you leave it in there for 12 months and pull it out, well, you're going to lose three months worth of that. Right, which is 25%. And so your actual rate is going to be closer to, you know, seven something as far as what you're actually uh, making on that. So it's all has to be factored in. Right. The other situation where you might buy I bonds would be, you know, if you're risk averse and you wanted to do some short term savings, right? So you, you don't want the uncertainty of when the equity markets will recover and thus how long it would take an equity investment bought now to recover. And so you could you could take the guaranteed you know interest rate instead, right? We don't you don't like how long it might take. We don't care for that. I'd rather just take the interest rate, and so you can guarantee yourself four point eight one percent over the next six months, right? Which is the annual rate divided by six months. And then you know, as much as we'd love for inflation to just go away by November, it's probably not. So it's probably going to be a decent rate after that as well. Um, or if you listen to this later and you already missed the equity dip, right? The equity markets have already recovered. The, but the interest rate hike has not gone back down yet, then this, that might also be a good opportunity, right? So things like you're saving for uh, a house or to upgrade a house and you're looking to do that in, you know, a year and a half to three years. And so not, again, not your short, short-term, less than 12-month savings, but kind of in that, you know, one to three-year mark. If you have cash laying around, then yes, it's a, it's a good opportunity. It's, it's, a, it's a decent place to park some money, get some guaranteed interest along with other things that you could be doing. And that's when, that's when I would do it. So, you know, again, this is not investment advice. Uh, this was written and recorded on June 9th, 2022. And the longer it has been since when I recorded this and when you are listening to it, the more things that will have changed, right? And it which adjusts the outcome and the recommendations. And I don't know you or your situation. So this is not advice for you, but hopefully it gives you some information about what I-bonds are, how you might think about when you should uh, buy them. And I would just encourage you to seek right now advice from your financial advisor to know if you should buy I-bonds uh, yourself in your situation. But if there ever was a time to buy I-bonds, it's probably now, right? And and so if you're current, right, you know, the current recommendation for people in the right situation is probably yes. Yes, you should buy I-bonds uh, assuming that you, again, have that right situation. You can check the blog for updates if you're listening to this long after its publication date, and we'll try to update it every six months or so to, to be based on the current rates. If this has been helpful to you, and you know it's, it, it's becoming more and more of a hot topic now as more and more people are becoming aware of I-bonds, just you know, share this with them, send them in a text message like, hey, you know, I know we talked about this. Here's, here's a resource for you. Have a listen. And, uh, and then maybe they can get some some helpful hints and tips on other items as well. Again, you can check the blog for historical rates and other figures that we talked about. It's at retirementorship.com slash 66. If this is your first episode with us, we do publish every week except during tax season. And so we'll be back next week with another episode of the Retirementorship Podcast. If you enjoyed that, you would love being part of our free membership community. It's called Retire Membership and it has a host of benefits all for free. 
For example, you can always buy my book, 3D Retirement Income on Amazon. But if you join us at Retire Membership, we will send you either a hard copy or paperback for free, provide the ebook and the audiobook so that you can listen to it if you don't have time to read it. In addition to that, we'll also provide you with a bunch of content that you can't get anywhere else. For example, we have our quarterly retire mentorship magazine, which comes out quarterly and has no ads whatsoever. It's just timely content to help you stay the course. We also have workbooks for our free online workshop to help you get the most out of those, flowcharts to help you make better decisions, and a weekly email to provide timely content that you can unsubscribe from at any time. We never ask for any payment information and we never share your information with anyone else. We just want to provide timely content and help you stay the course to retire successfully and stay successfully retired. There's no reason to wait. So join us now at retiremembership.com where you can click in the link in the description and it'll go right there. We can't wait to see you in the community. Cheers. This podcast is educational only and is not investment, tax, or legal advice.